0: Ah, oh, got my Kleenex. I'm gonna need it. You're wondering. Brian is the one that said, as he gets older, he gets more emotional. Last week, and I'm thinking, wait until he gets goes from 37 to 54. One shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, as we come before You, Lord, I would ask that You would do an amazing thing in our midst. Lord, that we would be shaped by Your Gospel. Lord, that we would be challenged and pierced in deeper and deeper ways to um, know what it looks like and what You are calling us into in being Jesus, being like Jesus to others and be informed like Je- to be like Jesus within ourselves. In Jesus' name, Amen. I'm not going to preach on marriage this morning. I worked on Monday and prepared the message. And uh, some of you are saying, yay. <laughs> There's always next week. <laughs> but um, I wanted to process a little bit about what was going on last week with us as a congregation. But to do that, I want to begin by reading two passages of scripture uh, because this is what shapes us. Okay. First second Corinthians chapter one, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles, so that we can then comfort those in any trouble. With the comfort that we ourselves have received from God, and then Romans twelve fifteen, rejoice with those who rejoice, and mourn with those who mourn. Last week, Jason and Gretchen and Jacoby shared with us what God had taught them over the past two years of living out the as they lived out the consequences of Jacoby's accident two years ago. And uh, I was processing that in many different ways as they were sharing. But before we move further, some of you may not have been here, and we may just need to be reminded of what was shared. So we're going to show just a portion of what Gretchen shared last week. So, Jerry?
1: You know, people always say you're so strong. And sometimes you won't take the credit. But it's Christ that's strong in us. And I think that's one thing that God's taught us. is that besides the fact that He's the Great One, He's the one that deserves all the honor, glory, and praise, no one's gone through what He did. And I love the fact that we have a Savior that doesn't send people to be bombed. He went and died first. He let out. And so we can follow And we can lead others to Him. And I feel like God's taught us that so many times in our lives, we've all been there where we want to take that extra step deeper with the Lord. We want want to be at a place of closeness with God. But yet we don't want to go through the heat that it takes to get a person to that place and to truly love people you have to go through the fires that melt you to nothing and we're so thankful as a family that God's brought us to that place because In essence, what he did is he helped us to love people better, to understand people better. You're much less quick to judge and to be critical of other people and where they're at and why they're doing what they're doing. You know, and I I always think it's funny that God's setups, I swear, always make you look so much worse to start off with. It never makes you look good, it never, but I guess that's the key. But, you know, even with Christmas coming and Mary, how he could have done it so much easier. Mary could have been set up legitimately. Anyway, I I look at our situation, (laughs) and I see that I'm like, God, of the two people, you could have given this trial to with Jacoby. It was not us. We are already late. We are already, you know, just getting on. And and he said, no, 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 no. I'm going to, you know, take someone who's always on time, always prompt, always right on key, and I'm going to put her in the chair. And I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to work this out in you two like this. And I don't know why God does what he does. But I think it's a beautiful thing because overall, I know what he's taught us, one of the main things he's taught us, is that he's just given us a greater love for people. Quit trying to figure people out. Quit trying to figure out why they did what they did. Why, you know, they've made a mess of their lives. Why they haven't, you know, just love them. Let them see that you have something different in you where you're you're not busy trying to figure out how they're doing so many wrong things, but how come you just love me anyway? And I think that is one of the number one things that we've learned is we're just like, it's taken all that criticism that we used to find time for and this person doesn't have this going right and this person doesn't have this going right and... You know, it just takes us enough time to get out the door. And so we just con- we just concentrate and focus on that. And if God can use messed up people like us right here, and we've got plenty of our own problems, plenty of our own things, um, He's just given us a love, a deeper love for Him, more credit for Him, for everything He's done. He's done everything. He is... He's the hero. And just giving us a, a total richer love for people in general. And just where they're at, who they are, what they're going through.
0: So on Tuesday, Brian comes into the office in the morning. And uh, I said, let's go... Talk a little bit. I want to process with you what, what happened on Sunday. And so we go down there, and I said, You know, Brian, I said, I feel like we have got to take and process some of this, what was shared as a congregation. As Gretchen was sharing last week, and Jason and Jacoby as well, while they were speaking, I was tuning into what they were saying, but I was going beyond what they were saying. And I was wondering many, many thoughts. And I wanted to talk about this some last week, but then we just didn't end up having the time. But I wondered, how are we processing what they were sharing individually? Um, how are you, how are you being challenged personally by what they were, that, that they were, by what they were sharing? And then I kind of broadened it and I asked the question, how does God want what they are sharing to shape us as a body, as sons and daughters of the Most High King? How does God want this, what they are sharing, to shape us as a body who is who are called to live out the presence and the hope of Jesus with one another before a watching world?
2: Well, and I think that part of it, too, is recognizing that suffering isn't just meaning, you know, Jacoby in a chair Like a lot of people have different suffering, you know, a lot of people have grown up in Situations that weren't ideal and are working through just their past And just suffering through this redemption process, you know, and you you know, we have, you know, people that have suffered physically the the nancy's the ryan's the jacobies people that are just struggling in their marriage there are there are marriages that that are in shambles and and how do we as a community of faith come alongside those that aren't just suffering physically but suffering relationally suffering spiritually
0: those who are suffering because they're incredibly lonely and no one knows
2: and what is the what is what is it for us what What do we need to do and and that 's really what Martin wanted to process because the thing is is the Bible talks about in James you know we don 't want to just be hearers of the word, but we want to be effectual doers and what can happen is we could have this great experience like we had last week of just being able to engage in someone 's life and hear their heart and it was just a hey, that was a good story. oh, that was encouraging for this week but now let's press it through, as, as Mark would say. Let's, let's, let's unpack this a little bit. And so, you know, the question that we want you to interact with, and that means some of you may have to process this out loud with us, actually. More we're than hoping some. you will. Yes, we're hoping you will. But how did you process what was shared
0: last week? And I'm going to invite Nate, wherever he is, to uh, grab the mic, and we would like to, to process this with you. Because this is... Pro- this. I walked away, and I'll share some of my story um, towards the end. But this has got to shape us in becoming more incarnational. And what I mean by that is becoming more like Jesus in our character, but also with one another and how we minister and how we reach out to one another, regardless of the hardships that we are facing.
2: So, I mean, the broad question is, how do you process, how did you process what went on last week? But, you know, if that's too big of a question, too general of a question, how does uh, what was shared encourage and challenge you as an individual? You know, the questions are up here, so if you're like, okay, I need to process the question, you know, how, how does what they shared encourage or, uh, and challenge at you as an individual? And then how should what we shared shape how we walk with one another through pain, hardship, suffering as a community of faith? in an incarnational way. So, okay. Sebastian.
0: Sebastian, why don't you stand up? And as, as you share, would you just stand up so that uh, everybody can see who it is is speaking and there's just not this voice coming out the, the speakers?
3: Well, I'm not sure if this is exactly the question that you're asking, but what was on my mind uh, is more of the masks that we all individually wear into a community and an organization. How are we supposed to know about the lonely if they're wearing a mask of of not being lonely and what kinds of masks am I wearing on a regular basis uh, because I think we all wear those masks and those masks uh, prevent uh, any kind of intimacy between a communal body uh, and that, that, that's mainly what what hit me it's not exactly the question that you're having but uh, what masks am I wearing and how is that preventing me from truly engaging in this this body of Christ.
2: So how would you answer that? What 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 masks am I wearing? Well, you, like how how would you overcome that?
3: Well, I I think that it, there there's an element of a leap of faith that that everyone individually needs to take. And I'm not saying that we all need to take off our masks on the front stage, but as we're engaging in relationships with others in Christ, we need to be willing to uh, to be real. So that that it's not the question that you answered, you asked, but but I, I, I think that
2: that's part of how do we walk and encourage someone if we don't know like there's the physical that we can see, the relational we can't necessarily see. There's the the emotional that we can't necessarily see. So unless we engage in those conversations where we take off the mask and we um, share, we it makes it hard I think for others to engage with you through your pain.
0: Yeah, you know I love First John one where it says if we walk with the Father, um, if we walk with the Lord God the Father, then we have fellowship with one another. And why do why does John turn tie those two pieces together? Because as I am walking with God, as I'm seeking to walk with God, my Father, that gives me the freedom, the security to be able to walk with one another's with, with others in openness. And I love the term openness rather than accountability or transparency, but just an openness where there's a freedom where if I share with you, say like I'm lonely or whatever, you're not a threat to me. You're not a threat to me. I, I have the freedom. And some of us may wonder, well, what happens if, I, if they are a threat to you? Nothing. That's where it gets back to you and the Father. Nothing can shake that identity. Nothing can, take, can shake that certainty. Um, And it gives us the freedom to walk in freedom with one another. Effie.
4: Yes, so I have a few things to say. And I've been in a church that um, I think a lot of that transparency flows from leadership. I mean, I've been in a church for a lot of years where you didn't feel that freedom because there wasn't transparency from the top. So I think that's huge in a church. That's what we've loved about this church is there is that vulnerability that's communicated from you guys, um, and in regards to what Gretchen was sharing, I echo um, so much of what she's what they've learned, and I think I appreciate how you because um, when you're watching something like that, we all compare our you know our issues and our trials with something like that, and we think, well you know we belittle what maybe we've gone through, but really. There are so many different faces of things God's put in our lives to put him on display. And I, you know, I think of when she said he allows things that just consume us to nothing so that it's all about him. Because there's so much of us in the way. And so I just have even seen in my own life how he's allowed, he he brings us down from our high mountains. And he brings us to the dust because that's the only way that he's on display and so I just, I echo everything she said. And it gives us hope because there is purpose in all of this mess, you know, and it all looks different. And we, we tend to look at each other and compare and we have no idea what's going on. You know, I might not be going through something physical, but you don't know the relational or the marriage or the family things and the junk that I've, that I've gone through. You know, it's easy to just. Look across the board and compare, and it's um, that's not reality. We all have things God's allowed that are deep and painful and hard, mm-hmm. but it's all about Him,
0: and it's all about us walking with one another in the midst of that um, as a community of faith. Mark, and then I know Jim had raised his hand over there too, so.
5: Um something I've learned in uh, community group with the sharing that there's really two sides to the relationship there's the one that you know to encouraged to share but there's also the onus on the listeners too. I mean you're, you're hearing uh, their story their heart their backstage but you just can't walk away from that I mean you're almost need to take an obligation that you're gonna walk with that person too and I think that's the part that scares a lot of people that they almost don't want to hear it for that reason that there's some ownership to it, uh, but I, I think that's just as important as the sharing. Is you have to be able to be there uh, for that person and whatever's hurting them, and, and mm-hmm. uh, basically let them know not to be afraid. Yeah,
2: and that's it. it just takes time and energy, and, and that's the I think really that hard part is: Do I have the emotional energy to really engage in this? But yet, this person has opened up themselves, and it's a gift. And I think that's what we need to see openness as, as a gift and an opportunity to love well. Jim?
6: Um, I'd gotten asked to spend some time with uh, Robert Lee to uh, mentor him. And being aware of some of the challenges that he was going through at that time, I went to see him, and I kind of assumed that I would be um, helping him deal with those issues. <clears throat> well, we had our first meeting for about two hours, and as we when we went through that, it was clear to me that that we were on different pages, and uh, it just didn't go well. Uh, he wasn't quite ready, and and I was had my head in a different place, and so I walked out, and I prayed, and I said, Lord. What am I to do? What am I to do? And the Lord answered me. He said, be his friend. And so I know Robert actually shared his frustration with me with a few people that that, uh, they shared back with me, which I thought was kind of interesting. Anyway, uh, I met with him again the following week. And I was his friend. And I'll tell you, there's no two people in life that were more different, or more unlikely to ever be friends. But God grew our relationship, and through that relationship, we shared and talked about who Jesus Christ really is. And that transformed Robert's life, among a lot of other things. And it just—it was a real growing experience for me, and something that I—I I think about fondly in the time I got to spend with him.
0: Yeah, you know, one of the things that really intimidates us about uh, wanting to spend time with walk with someone who's going through a difficult time is the t- is not just the time it takes, but we walk in with the expectation that we got to fix them, and we're not big enough to
2: do that. You mean I don't have to have all the answers?
0: No. Kim,
7: um, Martin asked me to share something that i learned learned this week and am learning um this past week I was trying to help someone struggling with mental illness and um i middle of the week and i didn't hear anything gretchen shared because i was in with the kids but i decided to look at scripture and what stories in scripture uh spoke of mental Ill- illness so i thought of people who are demon possessed because that is a pretty picture of some of people who are have mental illness. So I read the story of the guy um, that was living in the cemetery, and uh, they tried to restrain him with chains, and he broke free. And he was in the cemetery day and night, and they couldn't—they didn't know what to do with him. And so, but I looked at it from the perspective of the people that were trying to help him. And so the people in the town did everything that they knew of to try to help this guy, and maybe somebody even fed him, because what was he eating as he was running around? He couldn't farm, he it didn't seem like he was capable of feeding himself, so maybe people in the town fed him and did whatever they could, and so, and it just, um I learned just thought of two things: is that one, they, they gave Jesus, they helped him, whatever they were able to, and the second thing is that Jesus surrendering to Jesus is the only way that um, he was healed. And uh, I can't fix, even though we try, and is exactly what Martin just said: I can't fix people. We can't fix people, but being there to just do what we can with our five loaves and two fish, and allowing Jesus to do whatever he needs to do in that person's life is um, what he showed me this week.
5: How did I process what they shared? <clears throat> I sat here and I, I looked at a young lady that has just improved so much over two years just in how she was moving her hands, sitting in her chair, and being able to manipulate her arms when she first had her accident she couldn't move anything and I was just praising God for it what encouraged me is how God has provided for that family in every way in every need um, through this body through contractors that come and made the house accessible for her wheelchair God just is there for our every need and that's an extreme encouragement I left feeling kinda guilty I didn't even tell Lorna this, but I used to have a prayer journal where I went to it every day and I prayed for all these things in this journal. I was thinking to myself, I prayed for the Miles family when this first happened, and maybe for a week or so, and then my prayers dropped off, and they still need our prayers. And I just I felt really guilty about it. You know, I'll I'll be driving down the road and I'll think of Nancy and what she's going through, and God's just telling me you need to pray for Nancy. I don't know why I quit praying for Jacoby and their family, but that's something I'm going back to doing. And that's part of community, this community of faith and what we're supposed to be
0: doing for each other. And how the, how the Gospel shapes us. Brian, right behind you. Oh, there you are. Okay.
8: Thank you, Martin. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Gretchen. You guys always seem to get a message at the right time. I thought I, well, I found housing through a community, a lady who has a dog grooming business on Canyon in the community, and I thought it was going to be safe and strong, and I was going to think about me after being rescued by my sister (laughs) for a year ago, and I'm living with she takes care of people that are, have gone through drug use, and I've been placed in that environment, and it's very scary sometimes. The morning it snowed, I was, my dog, I woke up, because this gal had, with her mental illness, she was ranting and raving, had not been sleeping, and screaming, you don't know who you're messing with, and I started to rebuke her and I said her name in the name of Jesus Christ, and then I just said, I rebuke the demons that are attacking Kelly in the name of Jesus Christ, and I wanted to run from the house and leave, and I just thought, through what Gretchen said, God's placed me there to learn to not be afraid and know that they can't attack anymore, I'm safe, and just, I guess like that morning, my dog was bleeding. I thought she was the one calling this stuff in because she had made those threats with what her illness is. And then I remembered what Gretchen told me that morning. And she said, just don't worry about fixing it. Just show them by how you are and love them. And I just thank God that the messages always seem to come in at the right time. So. Thank you, Chief. Amen.
9: <laughs> Hi. Um, I'm just a guest today, but uh, what I just seen on video reminds me of the th- situations that I've been through the difficulties and the challenges. And I realized that it even brought me closer as, a, as an individual to God through the challenges that He's placed in me. And to help others and to give out my heart to help provide and conquer what i've gone through and put it into other individuals to help through what they've gone through it's It's a tough time, but we as people of God, have to work together and use our experiences, our challenges, to bring us closer when we've fallen away. And that's why sometimes God does these things. To give us the the knowledge to bring us closer, but to help others bring them closer to God.
0: Amen. Thanks, Bobby.
2: Well, it is interesting that that that's how God set up the church, that he would set up with a bunch of individuals that are fallen, yet that go through these experiences, and we can help each other through them.
4: I'm just so thankful that we belong to this church, and that we accept each other, and that we all have special needs. As a grandmother of a granddaughter that has special needs, God has taught me so many things. And uh, when I see kids run from her or whisper about her or laugh or point or just try to fit her into a box that she is not capable of ever fitting into, I am reminded of God and that we just need to love each other, accept each other for who we are, um, be the best we can be, uh, come alongside those that um, that need us and just to realize um, we all have special needs, but we have an amazing Heavenly Father who takes such good care of us.
0: Amen. Jason, right up here.
10: I really like how you worded that last question, how should... What they have shared shape how we walk with one another through pain hardship and suffering as a community of faith in an incarnational way that's really good way to put it Um, what struck me uh, was just the persistent truth of not to be afraid of pain and suffering because God always uses it to bring about good I mean you heard their own testimony this this has been absolutely awful for them but they are less critical less judgmental more gracious more forgiving more patient Uh, and they're more eager to glorify God, less reliant on their own strength. It has humbled them and grown them significantly in the faith, and I think that's something that we all want. So, it's a reminder that when suffering and pain comes my way, not to pull back, not to question God, but to step into it boldly, God will do good. He will always do good. And I know we see that really clearly in the incarnation of Christ, the worst sin that humanity ever committed, God used to free us from our sin. Uh, But it's It's interesting that he continues to do that today to show us that tragedy and pain is not the final word, but his goodness is the final word.
0: Amen. Amen. Okay, we have time for maybe one or two more.
11: I think uh, life is full of tragedy, um, but I think life is also full of hope. And I think this... church has really uh, allowed each one of us to grow and to observe the strength of the other members and uh, not one of us probably will ever be uh, experience the same depth of uh, emotion and effort that uh, Jacoby's family has had to do, but each of us has a cross. And I think the thing that keeps you going in your life is prayer and knowing that uh, other people pray for you and are there for you. And uh, sometimes um, when you're younger, you can do more to help people physically. Um, But as time goes on, um, it's going to be prayer, and to know that um, you can keep doing that, and we do that in this church, and I think it's a church of empathy, and I think it's a church of love, and uh, God bless all of you and our pastors, and I'm glad I'm here.
12: Well, um, I wasn't here for uh, last Sunday, but I will have to say that.:
0: um, We noticed Mary.: <laughs>
12: oh. <laughs> Hey, I think it was my anniversary, birthday. right?: No, my birthday birthday <laughs> that's right. And um, 50 years old, but um, still learning, and what, what I have learned uh, is that we have plans, God has plans, and um he has a way of changing our lives through through sometimes just turning our life upside down. And I, um, I loved what Brian said when he said, you know, it's a gift when somebody shares with you. And sometimes you think, I, Lord, I don't have it in me. But you know what? You're not supposed to have it in you. You're supposed to have Christ in you. And uh, I have learned... That uh, as uh, I learn to love deeper, I ask the Lord, you know, you know, sift me, you know, Father, take those, take the things that separate me from You. That's my prayer. Take the things away from me that separate me from You. I don't know what they are, but You do, and He does, and and I know when I'm uh, Mrs. Barrett's age i 'm still going to be praying that prayer because he 's not done with us yet. He is not done with us yet, and um God is not only good, he 's gracious, and He is able, he is um, gives us what we need when we don't have it to love and I know that sounds kind of kind of cold for me to say that, but it 's reality it's reality and we're not nothing's hidden from God nothing is hidden from God and and we talk about masks we talk about being real the reality is we are his and he sees us and he only wants us to love him more and um, I wanna thank Elam, being the fingerprints In in the hands of God. Um, I remember when I was going through a difficult situation, and Mr. Nate says to me, Champney says, you know, Mary, how can I help you? And I know this sounds ridiculous, but I said, could you just come to my house and fold some laundry? (laughs) And he cleaned my house for me. And uh, that was a hug. That was a kiss. That was love. And um, sometimes it's just... Being that open, let somebody come in and look at your dirty laundry. It doesn't matter. What matters is you need them, and we need each other.
0: Amen, amen. Nate cleans houses on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays.
2: (laughs) He he specializes in toilets.
0: (laughs) In the few minutes that we have left, I just wanted to share with you some of my personal reflections um, that I had experienced Because um, my journey of this last week actually in that Sunday actually started several days earlier. But uh, as I left here, Kim said, let's go get a Christmas tree. I said, I really don't want to go get a Christmas tree. She said, well, we've got to get a Christmas tree. I said, okay, we'll get, go get a Christmas tree. We got in the truck and we are rolling on down towards and She said, something's not right with you. I said, honey, I'm angry. And she says, well, you're no fun <laughs> when you're angry. She says, what are you angry about? I said, I have no idea. I have no idea what I was mad about. But here, I said, I'll be more fun. And I turned on Christmas music. <laughs> got the Christmas tree. It was good. All good, right, honey? And... Uh, uh, Brought it back home, set it up. I said, I'm just going to go on a prayer drive. I'm just going to talk with the Lord some about just what's going on inside me because I have no idea what it was. And I got down to, uh, and I was, just, I was just saying, Lord, I'm just angry. I just, I don't know what it all is. And when I got down to 86th and 152nd, I just started crying out. I said, God, I'm angry because I don't know how to walk with Gretchen and Jason and what they're going through. I don't know how to walk with Ryan McKenzie and what he's going through. I don't know how to walk with Nancy. I don't know how to walk with those who are, are, um, are just dying with loneliness. I don't know how to walk with Christy in the mental illness that she's struggling against. And at the end of that, I said, Lord, I'm not enough. And he says, You got it. And I said, Wait a minute, Lord, I've been here before. Yeah, and why are you back here? Well, so I just kept, kept praying. I just started praying about these situations. I headed down to the, the Eatonville bakery. I thought, What better place to soothe my sorrows than a cup of coffee and a big donut? But I got down there and it was closed. And I said, Lord, You took it away. He says, You got it! It's me and you. And as I was driving back, I was thinking about the um, five loaves and the two fish. And the Lord says, all I want from you, Martin, all I want from the Elam community is I want them to stop trying to fix things because that's my job. You can't help those who are going through a divorce to fix the problem if they're not willing to. You direct them to Me. I can't fix, I can't heal Ryan or Jacoby or Nancy. But you give them to Me. You give Me your five loaves and two fish and you've got 10,000 people here. And you just ask Me to, to bless that and to multiply it as I choose as I choose to do it. I'm not going to do it all the time, Martin. But there will be times when I do. Robert Lee was one of those times when God did. God set that man free. And now, when he passed away a little over a month and a half ago, he is more free than he has ever been before. And I said, well, Lord, what does it look like for us as a community to offer up our five loaves and two fish in this Gospel-centered, incarnational way where we seek to be Jesus to another person when we don't have the power of Jesus to fix the problem like Jesus did. And here are some things that I came to my mind that I really want to see shape, continue to shape Elam. But it's one is where we just walk in openness. We don't feel like, I love what Sebastian shared, we don't feel like we have to hide behind masks. Um, I know it's behind the masks of so many people. And I know that so many people feel like they're the only ones that have that mask. And sometimes I want to go and I want to point out all of those people who are wearing the same mask. Except I would get fired. (laughs) So I won't do that. But so many just have the same stuff that goes on. Walk in openness. And realize that in walking with openness, while we may feel threatened by that, no one can threaten that. No one can, no one can shatter your life as long as the, the vertical relationship between you and Jesus is growing and growing and growing. And when people you walk in that openness and people disappoint you, you just go back to that and continue to walk in openness. God is not a threat to us. He gives us the confidence and the security over time and pressing in towards Him so that we can walk in openness not just with Him but with one another. Second is just to offer that sacred space to people, to offer that sacred space of just being with the person um, and not trying to necessarily do. You know, I told one couple this last week. We're human beings, not human doings. So as you come together, just the guy was trying to fix this, fix the situation for his wife, and that was the last thing she wanted. I don't get it, but that was the last thing she wanted. And I said, she just wants you to be with her, to listen, to be with. Her to listen and to pray because God's going to have to be the one to be the five loaves and to multiply the five loaves and two fish. And it's really okay if He chooses not to. Um, It's really amazing when He chooses to do so. And I've seen it. But I just think I want to bottle that and I want to give it to everyone. Right? Here's five key steps to multiplying you playing God in another person's life by you multiplying your five loaves and two fish. We carry the character of Jesus, not the power of Jesus. But He says, I will be with you in the midst of that. That you mourn and you hope with one another. You mourn because some things are too big for us to really be able to comprehend and understand and do anything about. And you mourn with that person. But you also hope with that person. But one of the things that I realized that shook me was as I have gone through the last 10 years of my life I realized that I've started to build boundaries around my life that are more designed to protect my comfort than designed to pronounce to to encourage the gospel in my lifestyle. You know as you get older you just get a little more weary as the you know, and I'm, I'm, gosh, it feels like I'm talking like I'm 70 years old. I'm not, I'm 54, but it's very different from 34. That I do know. But, um, but we just need to make sure that we are open to God rearranging our comfort levels and maybe even moving them out of the way because He may want to do something in, in my life, in your life, that really is life. That'll give us more life than our comfort. Okay? And then also, we just need to continue to share the hope because we worship a Jesus whom God has exalted, who crossed all barriers, came to earth. And because He came to earth, He came as a man. He not only came as a man, but He came as a servant. He not only came as a servant, but He came as one who was crucified on the cross. And as a result of that, Philippians 2 says, He gave Him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, while that time is coming when God, Jesus, God through Jesus rules over all things at this point in time, but right now, not all things are in subjection to Him, but that time is coming. Until that time comes though, we are still plagued by the mourning and the groaning of sin, of disease, of disappointment, of creating false gods, and what we do is we come and we focus not on trying to fix all those problems per se, but saying there is a time coming when Jesus is going to make all of this right. When everything will be as it should be. And that is Peter's point in First Peter 1 where he says this, he says this to people who are dying on, on the crosses and on the... um The stakes of Nero. He says this. We've been born, you have been born into an inheritance imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. It is reserved in heaven for you. This is our inheritance. Right now, here and now is not our inheritance. It's our curse. As good as what this world can be, as enjoyable as it, as much joy as it can give us, this is not it. And anything good that is here right now, leads us to focus upon what is coming in the future. Your marriage will never be everything you want it to be. Your friendships will never be everything you want them to be. Your physical health will never be everything you want it to be. But that day is coming. So therefore, he goes on and he says this, this inheritance imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, is reserved in heaven for you by God's power. Are protected, that inheritance is protected through faith for the salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And this brings you great joy. And the devil wants to take it all away by getting us mired in disappointment about the difficulties and the disappointments of what is here and now, and taking our focus off of what is going to come. That is our hope. Here is not. This brings you great joy, although you may have had to suffer for a short time in various trials. Such trials show the proven character of your faith, which is more valuable than gold, gold that is tested by fire, even though it is passing away and will bring praise and glory and honor to Jesus Christ when Jesus Christ is revealed. As we celebrate Advent, as we celebrate Advent, we usually focus upon the first coming of Christ. And that is appropriate. But today, I want us to focus upon the second coming of Christ. (sighs) Note, get new lighter. Because that is the focus of our hope. Not just that Jesus has come, but because He has come, He is coming. That's what this table represents. He says, you take this table and you participate in the reality of the salvation and of the hope and of the inheritance that we have through the sacrifice and the resurrection of Christ you focus upon that and you participate this until he comes again until he comes again amen this is a table of not just remembrance but because it's a table of remembrance it gives us a table it's also a table of hope it's a table of hope and I don't know what all you all are going through. I know what many of you are going through. But just realize this, that there's more to the story than what's been written. Okay? There's more to the story of what's given, been written. it gives us hope and it gives us courage to persevere, to keep going, and to walk together towards the realization of that So as we participate in this table this morning, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we want to invite you to come on down and do just that. Come with hearts that maybe mourn the difficulties and the disappointments of what is right now, but allow that mourning to be turned to hope of what is to come. And the fact that even in the midst of the mourning and the difficulties that you have to do right now, Jesus is with you. And not just Jesus, but His body as well. Amen? Father, as we come to this table, may You meet each person where he or she is. Lord, giving them hope, giving them courage to continue to continue to follow Jesus. To continue to hope in Jesus, even when it's tough. Because Father, that's where You meet us. Just as we saw in Gretchen's testimony, Father, sometimes You have to burn away a whole lot of stuff that is weighing us down. Lord, that is hindering our hearts so that You can meet us in the midst of that and take us to a very, very different place. A place of hope and freedom. Meet us, Lord, this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen.